Hi, I'm Gudrun Letzmann-Helmer. I'm IP researcher and you're listening to IP Fridays. Hello and welcome to this episode of IP Fridays. Our names are Ken Suzanne and Rolf Clayson, and this is the podcast dedicated to intellectual property. It does not matter where you are from, in-house or private practice, novice or expert. We will help you stay up to date with current topics in the fields of trademarks, patents, design and copyright, discover useful tools, and much more. Welcome to episode 89 of IP Fridays. Today's interview guest is Gudrun Littmann-Hilmer of LHIP Research and we talk about researching trademarks, designs and patents. But before we jump into the interview, I have some news for you. For example, I think the most important piece of news uh, is that the EPO has uh, selected a new president. The Administrative Council just uh, basically yesterday decided that the next president after Battistelli will be Mr. Campinos, who headed the EU IPO before his next post at the European Patent Office. The five-year term of Mr. Campinos will start on 1st of July 2018 and he will be the head of 7,000 staff at the European Patent Office in locations in, for example, in Munich, in Berlin, in The Hague, in Vienna, in Brussels. And as you may know, it is possible to get patents at the EPO not only for the EU countries, but for a total of up to 42 countries in the world, with a market of around 700 million people. The European Patent Office has also found an agreement with Tunisia, um, uh, they signed a validation agreement between the EPO and Tunisia to enter into force on 1st of December 2017 and in the future European patents can be validated in Tunisia, similar to the previous deal with Morocco. Before we jump into the interview, I want to highlight a new trend in patent litigation in the US. A company called ProWire, a Texas limited liability company, asserts a patent, the patent 6,137,390 against Apple for the iPad 4 tablet. And as you may have noticed, a lot of patents are currently challenged with uh, inter-parties review actions. And in fact, many patents are invalidated with inter-parties reviews and now there is no, a new defense mechanism for patent holders. ProWire has transferred the patent to MEC Resources LEC, which is a company owned and operated by Native American tribes. And Native American tribes enjoy sovereign immunity to prevent inter-parties reviews. In the past, a few pharmaceutical companies have also transferred their patents to Native American tribes to prevent inter-parties reviews. And this seems to be a new loophole in the US patent litigation system to prevent the patents to be challenged when you want to enforce the patents against patent infringers. 
Now let's jump into the interview with Gudrun Littmann-Hilmer. I'm very excited to be joined by Gudrun Littmann-Hilmer today. If you don't know who Gudrun is, she's a researcher for trademarks, patents and designs for more than or nearly 20 years. And she has worked for an official information and research center of the German Patent and Trademark Office for seven years. And she has degrees in chemical engineering and management. And I'm very happy that she's on the podcast today. Thank you for being on the show. Hi, Rolf. Can you please uh, just briefly introduce um, your what you are doing and your firm? Yes. Um, thank you very much, Rolf for having the opportunity to present my company on uh, IP Fridays. So LHIP is based on the Orland Islands in Finland, and we offer research related to patents, registered designs, and trademarks. Our customers are mainly patent attorneys, attorneys at law, and IP experts. LHIP has a strong international focus as our customers spread internationally, And we offer fluent command of several European languages like English, French, German, Spanish, and the Scandinavian languages. Yeah, great. Um, so today I want to pick your brain on how to search for trademarks because many, and, and uh, maybe also we talk about designs. Many of our listeners um, have frequent contact with uh, trademark questions. And one of the main questions is um, how to search for trademarks or designs. So in today's interview, I want to focus on searching for trademarks and designs. Um, that can be very useful when launching a new product, for example, or a company to avoid conflicts with uh, similar earlier trademarks. Um, how do you search for trademarks in general and what tools do you use? Uh, we search trademarks by similarity search, focusing on phonetic similarity and also the similarity of goods and services. And goods and services are classified in the niche classification. And uh, then you also have figurative trademarks. They are searched by the Vienna classification and uh, this classification is not so known. So uh, maybe I will tell um, they sort figurative elements of trademarks into geometric elements like circles, but also flowers, persons, machines, etc. Well, generally, we use all available tools on the market and we combine them to offer our customers best available results. This is, uh, among others, this is our asset. So um, our customers don't have to get all the sometimes expensive tools on the market. We offer them in one service. Yeah, that's great. So uh, what is not so obvious that people should consider when searching for trademarks? Well, there is, for instance, um, to search company names. Um, they, can, they can be earlier rights compared to the planned trademark, and we also search for domain availability. Many researchers don't do that, but uh, we have it as a standard. Of course, you can say that you don't want to have it, but uh, we can offer it. Another thing that is not so obvious is to think twice about figurative elements and maybe search them separately. If you have combined words with figurative elements, uh, a trademark can be similar. Um, for instance, a figurative um, 
trademark can be similar. So are there any ways to, um, let's say, to make the, re the presentation of the results uh, as effective as possible? So the, your customers will have a nice overview or something of the results? Well, first of all, it's important to reduce the number of hits because uh, very often tools um, give, uh, will, um, will deliver many, of, many thousand results. And um, we believe this is no good result for our customers. So what we do is to screen the results and to deliver only the, the most important bibliographic information. That seems similar. So um, what would be the typical strategies that you use to search for earlier trademarks? We believe that uh, because each trademark has a claim to be unique, it also uh, deserves a um, unique search. Um, that said, we also use algorithms to support our search, uh, but we always complement it with one or several strategies that are adapted to this planned trademark. This starts with uh, maybe with extra truncations, um, or it could be simply to look at the word in words or syllables that constitute the trademark uh, from different points of view and with different languages in mind, or it could be to focus on switching letters and abbreviations instead of truncating excessively. Um, what about the the meaning of uh, trademarks? Um, if if you are, of course, you maybe don't do that by default. But if you are asked to also search for similar trademarks that have the same meaning, is that also possible? Yes, it would be possible if uh, the customer would like to have such a research. Then uh, uh, we could focus on the conceptual meaning of words. And um, then the customer would have to say, I would like to consider English, French, whatever. So we can focus on the special languages. Um, there are also some automatic tools like TMView or the, of the EUIPO for searching trademarks or other automatic tools. You already mentioned uh, algorithms. Um, and you are also using automatic modes for, uh, of the databases that you use. But what are the main deficits, in your opinion, of today's automatic trademark search algorithms? Well, first of all, to maybe to get a more positive spin, I would like to say that personally I like automatic tools because uh, they, they uh, do the routine work and I can focus on the more creative parts. Uh, however... Free automatic tools do not offer retraceable search history. This is quite an important aspect, I believe, for our customers, especially attorneys, to know what we have searched for. Um, neither are the commercially available automatic tools. They provide you with some information about what kind of strategies they use, what kind of algorithms they use. But um, just what is generally on offer, not what has been used in one specific case. So it's not really retraceable. Uh, this is a problem. Another problem, what uh, is mentioned very often by my customers is uh, that we get too many hits 
you get lists with uh, maybe a thousand, maybe five thousand, ten thousand results, and they are not really screenable in appropriate time. So this is a problem. Either you get zero results or you get many thousand results, and it's very hard to get a reasonable result in between. Um, but if they deliver, sometimes they deliver good results, um, but should always be completed with uh, more individual search and screening. Yes, my personal experience with you uh, and your firm is that um, your own results are sometimes uh, much more relevant than the automatic uh, results and the results compared to uh, TMView, uh, for example, the automatic tool TMView of the EUIPO. So um, maybe in the future, uh, computers and algorithms can... Um, uh, can become better but at the moment I really have to say that I uh, uh, prefer to trust um, your results of the search uh, compared to for example TMView or other automatic tools. Yes, thank you Rolf. Uh, so um, what are your um, top three tips and tricks uh, let's say for our listeners when searching for trademarks? Uh, first conduct your own search Uh, if you find an identical trademark, for instance, do not proceed further because this will only um, uh, lead to high costs. Um, second, uh, always think about alternative trademarks uh, because um, quite often uh, a professional researcher will find similar trademarks where you did not find any similar trademarks. And third, I would say always consult a patent attorney with strong experience uh, in case law um, that can help you with the search results, even if they have been pre-screened and pre-selected by a professional researcher, then uh, it's important to go through with a jurisdictional viewpoint. Ah, thank you very much. <laughs> a great selling argument. <laughs> So um, we also wanted to briefly talk about uh, designs. Um, so um, current uh, database solutions um, are, uh, at, at least today, do not seem to yield reliable automatic design search, uh, searches in my experience. Um, how do you search for designs in general and what uh, tools do you use? Well, I still not use uh, automatic tools. Although I believe that um, this image recognition tools uh, will become quite important in the near future. Now, because I, be I believe the biggest challenge is to take an abstract view on the design and only focusing on the visible parts. This is the main difference to patents because there you have a more conceptual point of view. And um, because this is so it should be more easy to use automatic tools because you only have this visible parts and you don't have to use different languages to interpret them or to, to, to make them sound differently. Um, it's just so obvious you have this image. So normally automatic tools should work, um, but they always deliver many, many results and even there, in, in the future, it should be uh, relevant that somebody would screen the results 
uh, you get by the automatic tool, I believe. So um, what uh, tools do you uh, use and how do you search for, um, for the designs? Well, you have the Locarno classification um, that is sorting the designs um, in um, different classes. And then you can you you have to go through the the results and and um, um, you have to look quickly at the designs because uh, very often you have to go through very uh, many designs. Yes, that's what I value um, with uh, your firm that you actually take the effort to go through thousands of results sometimes. Um, as a human and not as a robot or algorithm and look at the designs whether they look similar or not so that is something that cannot be replaced I think uh, in, today. So uh, what would be your top three tips and tricks uh, when searching for designs? Well I would really say first of all don't search by yourself you will get too many hits. My experience is that you You need to have some experience to to be quick enough and to go through the many, many results very quick. And you have to have the right tools where you can see many designs on one page. The free available tools on the market, they are not so well customer friendly when it comes to searching quickly many, many results. Um, second tip is um, um, also like with the trademarks, to think over which kind of designs or other views of the design um, would maybe be important so that you can consider them early in the, in the research. And uh, my third tip is to consult a patent attorney because then again, it's very important to know the, the case law um, to be able to... Um, to assess how important are the search results in this specific case. Um, I just want to briefly also touch on patent search because uh, you and your um, husband, you, are both, uh, you both have technical degrees and you also search for patents. You more in the field in chemistry and life sciences and your husband more in uh, mechanical engineering and engineering um, fields. So um, how do you in general search for patents? What tools do you use to search for patents? Well, one uh, important thing about our company is that we always test new databases. So our customers always get the best combination of uh, databases. Right now we use Castel Orbit, but we are also testing other databases. Um, but right now it's Castel Orbit. And uh, we have a strong background as we both have worked for the um, Patent Information Center in knowing the IPC classification and other classification systems. So we are not so um, focused on uh, quick and dirty key searches only. Um, we always, of course, combine key searches with classifications but uh, we have the possibility to have a more broad view on the key, on the keys to search, um, on the keywords for the patent search uh, as we combine them with uh, classes. We also combine with pure keyword searches. We try to uh, get a more holistic view 
of the topic to search. And um, what would you do just for our listeners who don't know much about uh, patent searches? There are lots of different purposes when to search for patents. So one purpose would be um, to search for um, patentability. So then you can maybe have a very narrow search. Um, and another um, search um, would be can I use a certain product in the market? Is any aspect in that product patented? That would be a so-called freedom to operate uh, search. Um, what do you do um, differently in, let's say, a prior art search for invalidating a patent or an FTO search? First of all, it's our customers that decide how they want the search to be done and the documentation. Um, Some customers who want a freedom to operate search in research and development context um, do not want us to search um, patents that are not active anymore. So we can focus on the, on the um, search uh, with active patents only. But uh, we always recommend to search both also in freedom to operate research because um, if a patent is not active anymore, this is really free state of the art. You can use this technology. It's free. So I think it's, it's important um, to search for both, but it's also important to give our customers information. Is this patent we found, is it active or not? And we can do this. We can do it um, in the documentation. And um, if you want to search for prior art, you can, of course, focus in on a very specific, let's say, example, for example. You, you already mentioned that you then combine probably IPC classes with keywords uh, to find um, prior art for a particular document, right? Yes. Um, um, right now, we search uh, mostly patents and, and utility models. Um, but of course, it's also possible to search in, in literature, uh, spe uh, specifically in uh, chemistry and life sciences. Um, one difference in the different search modes, of course, is that we, when you conduct an, an infringement search or a nullity search, then you um, will look at um, prior art compared to the priority date and you, you only look at documents before this priority date. So this is maybe the main difference, but otherwise you, you always lo look at the specific uh, technical details um, that our customers tell us are re relevant. I always uh, say that the search result is um, uh, depends also on the briefing we get. The briefing should be very much on the point, what are the relevant aspects they want us to find? And then we can really focus on these aspects. Maybe it's not the whole claim. Maybe it's just some aspects in the claim our customers want to find. And then we can really focus on these this aspects. Right. Okay. So um, uh, what would be your top three tips and tricks when searching for patents? <laughs> Yes, again, I think it's important to search by yourself if you have the time um, because you always get the first impression and the briefing to the researcher and to the attorney will be much more focused. Uh, it's very hard to, 
do, uh, for instance, a freedom to operate research that is very, very broad, because um, then the risk is that you will get a too broad picture, very many irrelevant documents, and at the same time, you will maybe miss the most relevant document. So it's very good to really think it over. What do I want? What do I think other companies already have um, protected as a technology? And what do I think is unique with my technology? So for this, it's important to, to conduct some kind of uh, research by yourself. Uh, but then, second, um, you should also um, let a professional researcher uh, search for relevant patents because in most of the cases um, they will find um, more relevant technology. And uh, third, of course, uh, then again, contact a patent attorney to uh, who knows the jurisdiction to um, to write a good patent for you. This was just a very brief uh, overview of uh, searching for uh, trademarks and designs. Um, if our listeners uh, have more questions for you, where, can, uh, where could they best reach you? They can reach me uh, by mail or, by, um, or they can go onto the website of LHIP. And uh, the website would be uh, lhip-research.com, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, thank you very much for being on the show. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you very much. That's it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please show us your love by visiting ipfridays.com slash love and tweet a link to this show. We would be so grateful if you would do that. It would help us out to get the word out. Also, please subscribe to our podcast at ipfridays.com or on iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you have a question or want to be featured in one of the upcoming episodes, please send us your feedback at ipfridays.com slash feedback. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. You can go to ipfridays.com slash iTunes and it will take you right to the correct page on iTunes. If you want to get mentioned on this podcast or even have comments within the next episode, please leave us your voicemail at ipfridays.com slash voicemail. You have been listening to an episode of IP Fridays. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of nor are they endorsed by their respective law firms. None of the content should be considered legal advice. The IP Fridays podcast should not be construed as legal advice or legal opinion on any specific facts or circumstances. The contents of this podcast are intended for general informational purposes only, and you are urged to consult your own lawyer on any specific legal questions. As always, consult a lawyer or patent or trademark attorney. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved.